I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of country throughout all sacred Aboriginal lands in Australia, where we are recording this podcast from today. I invite you to reflect on the land that you are on, the traditional custodians, their customs, their connection and their preservation of this land. I pay my respects to all elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty of this land was never ceded. And I extend this respect to all Indigenous people listening today from around the world. I am grateful for the connection to Mother Nature, the spiritual trees, animals and sacred waters. We as eco-impactors are aware that there is only one planet Earth and that everything on this Earth is interconnected. We stand up to protect Australia's natural ecosystem and all nature across this beautiful Earth. Welcome back to Eco Impactors, a podcast brought to you by Orangutan Alliance. My name is Blaine Edwards, and on this podcast, we talk with eco innovators, thought leaders, and change makers who are impacting our planet for the better. If this sounds like you, then feel free to subscribe, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to another episode. This podcast is going to be slightly different as it will be a compilation of responses to a question. What can we learn from animals? And in order of guests answering the question, we have first Dr. Barute Galdegas, world-renowned primatologist, conservationist, as well as founder and president of Orangutan Foundation International. Second on the list, we have Fawiza, co-founder and chairperson of Haka Sumatra. And third, we have Dr. Nigel Hicks and Sarah Bell Hicks, the co-founders of Orangutan Veterinary Aid or OVAID. Fourth, we have Panut, conservationist, activist, and founder of Orangutan Information Center. And lastly, we have Camille Sanchez, chief veterinarian and founder of International Animal Rescue. So if you're interested in what these eco-impactors have to say about what we can learn from animals, feel free to tune in and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, as a closing question, I'd love to know, based on your kind of many experiences uh, working closely with orangutans, what do you think are some important life lessons that orangutans can teach us human beings? Well, I think they teach us that we need so little. Hmm. You know, when I was walking in the forest by myself you know, for years and years in the early days. Uh, I got to realize that all a human being actually needs is uh, food, clothes, shelter, and family or friends. And that's it. I mean, that's all we survived uh, in, in the forest. We have a Barkwell hut, and our Barkwell hut in the forest, a forest hut, which was Camp Wilkie, uh, didn't even have walls. You know, and uh, we cooked over an you know, open fire, and uh, you know, our clothes were rags. In fact, the local people would stare at us because we were so, we're so raggedy. And uh, the damn humidity of the rainforest does that to you. And, uh, and when I got as thin as I've ever been. Um, and so the greatest lesson to me has been that the serenity 
that we too can have the serenity of orangutans if we take their attitude towards the universe that they have. They don't need anything. All they need is fruit, basically. And they need, you know, some branches to make a nest and some branches to make an overhead cover. And they're, they're actually uh, stronger than we are because they don't even need friends. <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, I, I, I look at orangutans sitting there by themselves. They've been following them for days, you know, day in, day out. They've never met another, they wouldn't meet another orangutan. Maybe they'd hear one in the distance and they would avoid him or her. And I would look up at them and I'd say, think to myself, don't you ever get lonely? You know, because I'd get lonely as a human being. So, so the other lesson was that in contrast to orangutans, we humans do need each other. I mean, in that way, orangutans, keep comparing them to God, you know, to a small, with a small g, um, because they don't need anybody else. They're self-contained. But, but we are not. We're humans, and we do need each other. We do need to have compassion for each other. And that's what makes us human. So those are the two lessons that I learned from the Lingotans. And it may seem like the simplest lessons that even a child understands. But you know what? We don't. And we don't. Most people don't. Um, for our last question, which we always ask um, our podcasters, uh, what do you think that we can learn from animals? Oh, wow. Um, I think there's so much we could learn from animals. <laughs> um, you know, someone once asked me which year I was born in, and then I told them, and then they looked at me and they say, oh, so you're a tiger, uh, based on a Chinese <laughs> calendar. And that it dawned on me sort of like, oh, yeah, I, I am a tiger. I'm a solitary. I'm solitary, I'm this, I'm that. And we, we try to fit our character, our persona into the animal that, that we like. But one thing that fascinated me about uh, the animal world is their ability to adapt and to not destroy. Uh, we see different animals in the landscape, like the Loisar ecosystem. We see elephant and their family of matriarch. Um, we see orangutan and their ability to roam past landscape uh, through the canopy and their solitary and their ability to learn and their similarities um, to us. Uh, we see tiger and rhino each with their own uh, characteristics. I think to see the animal diversity and to accept that diversity as um, something that mirror our own uh, diversity as well in the human world. Sometimes when we see each other, we tend to see more the difference that we have than the similarities that we have. Even if those differences are based on either skin color, religion, but also on political stance and ideology. Sometimes we think uh, we can't build alliances with people that are different from us. But when we look at nature, when we look at animals, uh, those diversity become very important as we fit into uh, different roles that we play in the ecosystems. Cool. 
Closing question. Uh, I love to ask this question because often humans, they think that we have all the answers. And <laughs> but for, for me, I think there are a lot of lessons we can learn from looking out into nature. Um, you know, Mother Nature has been engineering itself for millions and millions of years. So even from, from that very engineering perspective, there's probably a lot we can learn if we just take the time. Uh, but from your perspective, working with orangutans for a number of years, what are some lessons that we can learn from orangutans? Oh, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think um, for, for me, I, I, I always admire their tenacity. Orangutans are really tenacious in, in what, they, what they do. Um, so they're, 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 they're tremendous sort of thinkers and observers. So you, 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 you could, anybody who's, who's sort of gazed into the eyes of them, had the privilege of gazing into the eyes of, of an orangutan directly, I always sort of say you can see the cogs turning. There's something in those sort of deep sort of brown eyes that make you think there's, there is really, somebody's looking back at me from, from in there and, and it just sort of captures you immediately. So you, you may think that the orangutan's just sitting there sort of, idly and, and, and not do much, but they really are the thinkers of, of the jungle. So they're, they're observing you, they're working out how they can achieve what they want. They're probably using you, um, but they won't give up. They, uh, um, they, won't, they won't give up. They'll, they, will, they will find a way and they'll sit there and you can see it, you know, with an orangutan, whether that's in a center and he's trying to get out of his cage or something and he'll test the lock and he'll try everything. He'll sit there and think of ways. Um, so, so I, I think their sort of tenacity. Um, I think their sort of their, their ability to trust always amazes me as well. Mm. Um, they seem to know when to sort of trust instinctively. Um, so, so I've seen, or we've both seen, sort of perhaps an orangutan arrive at a rescue centre that's been shut in a cage for several years. It's perhaps been mistreated. It's not been perhaps fed properly. Um, so it, it's, it's in a really sort of poor state, sort of mentally and, and sort of physically. And it, it, you'll open that cage and it will just hold out its hand and grab hold of you and go with you. Wow. Uh, you know, and if, if that was me, I think I would probably be coming out of that cage angry <laughs> and vicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's yeah. instead of that, it's almost, it's almost as if they've, they've sort of realized what's going on and they'll, and they'll trust, and I think that's tremendous. Mm. Wow. And I think the and, and perhaps the other thing that I think always sort of amazes me, and perhaps is a you know a really sort of good lesson for us humans is is the the, the sort of the devotion and sort of the motherly love that that orangutans give to the to the babies. I mean, a baby orangutan stays with its mother for six, seven, eight years, and in that time. Um, it will be totally dependent on her, but she will also devote all her energy to the survival of, of that baby. And she will nurture it. She will teach it. She'll, she'll show it the skills that it, that it needs. And then she also has the ability to let go at some point. And she sort of knows when she's done her job and she knows when to sort of step back um, and, and let that animal go to the wild to, <clears throat> to live its own life. So I think that sort of that degree of, of sort of devotion and and trust and ability then to after all that effort over sort of six to seven years just to sit back and say okay they can go 
it's your life now, off you go. Um, I, I think those are all sort of qualities that, 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 that I admire. But I also think, you know, as humans, that we must think, well, well you, could, you could sit there and say, well, any, a human mother does that. But that, that's where I always find it tricky that, that we sort of look upon it as uh, that it's different somehow. Why wouldn't they love their baby as much as a human mother? Why wouldn't they nurture them? Why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they want to see them go on to a future? I'm not, I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, humans can have the sort of, we can look upon it as if we're, we're sort of superior in some way or that, uh, you know, that, that we look upon them. The one thing that, that drives me crazy is that people look upon, yeah, I'm the other, you see how different we are. Yin um, and yang. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one, I, I, what I find really upsetting is, is or it really gets to me, um, is, it, is when people um, sort of look upon orangutan as, as something to laugh at. Um, and it happens a lot in zoo, not not so just zoos, but it happens a lot on social media. You know, for instance, the orangutan putting the sunglasses on. Well, you know, the steam was coming out of my ears over that situation. You know, it's a pandemic. My fear was we're in a pandemic that orangutan's actually in a safari park in Indonesia. It's not got a, you know, perfect life. And millions of people are sharing this. They don't. They're not caring about the one that's just been rescued. They're caring about this orangutan copying something stupid that we do. So we wear sunglasses, you know. And and of course, what she got to do all day, other than to observe humans, you know, we always think, oh, we go and we observe them. It's like Nigel said, no, no, this is a two-way thing. They're observing us. And she's seen stupid humans putting these things on her face. So she does it. Um, you know, what's so wonderful about that? They're not seeing all the amazing things that they're able to do. You know, we, as we as humans mustn't think we're clever because we're not. You know, we've got this planet into the situation it's in right now. Um, orangutan haven't. So if you took uh, one of us and you shoved us in the jungle, would we survive? You know, so they have a different knowledge and they have knowledge that we'll never know, you know. So for me, orangutan has got so much to teach humans as a, as a, a species, like empathy, humility, um, and well, and yes, they are, and humour, they are, they are funny, you know, you can't deny they are funny, but I, if there's anything that's going to rattle my cage, <laughs> it's people not seeing the whole situation. Uh, for the closing question, though, uh, we we touched on it a little bit earlier uh, around you know how can humans learn from animals, but for the closing question, what can we learn from orangutans? What can we learn from orangutans to improve what we do as humans? The, there are many things that we can learn from animals, including orangutans, and you you don't believe that actually even there are much more work wise than human probably uh, i would say true that you know they are even more intelligent they don't do any harm you know 
animals, orangutans, they don't do any harm to other species. We are a single species on this only planet we can live that actually damage our own planet and our own and other species. Yeah, we damage other species. So, but look at orangutans, look at other animals. They don't even do any harm to other species. You know, even they have to uh, uh, involve in such a food cycle, but actually they can do for their needs without any greed, and they can uh, balance. Uh, you know, the ecosystem. You know, and and orangutans especially. They are the best motherhood uh, in the world. The creature, the species that actually has such a best motherhood, you know, and human even cannot do such thing. Like orangutan mother, they have to like, take care of the baby for six to eight years. And, and in, for that long time, actually the mother has to teach the, the baby to learn how to survive in the forest, how to learn to uh, make nests, climb the trees, swing from one branch to another branch and avoid predators. And, and, and during such time, even the mother, they, 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 they don't want to be near a male to get another baby, I mean, to make babies or even to, uh, yeah, to, to, uh, uh, um, to fulfill the needs of sexual needs of orangutan mother. And they just try to avoid, you know, male when they have a baby. You know, there is such such a good lesson that they actually can control uh, birth, yeah? Uh, so they can actually control the population, you know, uh, by actually, uh, yeah, you know, the population of humans increases because we cannot control the birth. Everybody just, you know, try to make babies as many as possible. And then you don't even think about the supply for us to, to feed us and the demand increasing all the time. But look at look at the animals. Look at the orangutans in the wild. You know they can even yeah do you know such uh, harmony in, in in the forest. You know, and then the the mother orangutan um, uh, as as I mentioned earlier that they, they look uh, after the baby for such long time, and it's such a good you know lesson for for motherhood and no other species like even human they don't do such thing. And, and yeah, and more other things that we can learn from orangutans, like they are actually contributing to the nature. Uh, how? By actually planting trees. They're actually the best uh, for, for forest farmers in the forest, you know, because they keep planting, they eat a lot of fruits, you know, they disperse seeds and then they actually help the regeneration of the forest. So, so they actually doing something useful uh, and, and for human, you have to do such a way, you know, that actually contribute to the sustainability of our planet, to our place, to our livelihood, to our communities, uh, without doing any harm. You know, actually, is 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 uh, is you know at the least that you can do. You know, like don't do any harm is actually the least that you can do to contribute to the nature. You know, and then uh, many things that actually. I see, you know, uh, as a uh, appealing in my life to see such a such a peace in, in the forest, you know, uh, as a home, you know, I, I, I see that the forest of the home of Brandon is actually a real home for us to see such a different species uh, living and coexist in harmony, you know, with, without actually, yeah, um, making such a mess, you know, we, create such a mass distractions in this planet. And what we need to do is actually to restore the damage. And then, and then you do, you can take your own part by doing a lot of good things that you can do by not harming the environment and harming other species too.
Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. I I like what you said about the orangutans being the farmers of the the forest. You know, dispersing the seeds, um, so they add value to the forest through playing that role. But then they also m- minimize the harm, the impact that they have on the on the forest as well. It'd be a, it'd be probably a helpful thought experiment experiment for humans to figure out what our role is in the forest. So we're we're not the farmers. We're something that's completely destructive and we're we're probably not adding much value as well so we're we're not doing well in both of those areas uh it doesn't mean that we can't do well but at the moment we the role that we're playing isn't isn't helpful uh, there's a yeah. there's an interesting quote i heard from someone i'm pretty sure it was david Edinburgh. or something along the lines of you know if all the species on earth came together and and held a vote to kick one species out of out of planet earth and boot them off to, you know, Mars or some other planet, unanimously, all the species would vote out humans because we're the the one species that uh, is screwing it up for everyone else, uh, which is sad. (laughs) Like it's it's kind of, there's there's humor in there, but at the same time, it's like, this is, uh, sounds funny, but it's actually serious (laughs) because it's true. Yeah, in other words, that actually, we desperately need nature to survive, to to thrive, you know, uh, to thrive, yeah. Uh, but but actually, the nature doesn't need us, you know. Um, exactly. We, we depend on nature, you know. Um, but the nature can can flourish even without humans, and then they can do better even without humans. But now uh, we uh, we need we are in the reality that we coexist, and then we we have to yeah live in such. A way that we 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 must realize that actually we don't need other planet to live. You know what we need to do is just planting trees on our own planet to fix the problem, to fix the damage. You know now we got many millions. You know spending a lot of money just to find another planet. That's crazy to me. But we have our own planet now that we can still fix it. Mm. There is a time for us to do it. You know, but that spend that millions of money to. To find a planet actually can be used to restore our forest to even to uh, fix the damage in our own planet. Why we bother of actually finding another planet? That's a silly idea. Yeah, I think humans need to realize that we. You, you said humans. Nature doesn't need humans, but humans need nature. Well, well, we're one and the same. But you know, you get the like. We nature, the environment doesn't need us, but we need it. It kind of reminds me like back in the day when humans used to think we were the center of the universe. And then we learned that, you know, Earth isn't the center of the universe. It's just a small piece of this massive thing. I think the problem that exists today is humans think that we're like the center of this planet and like everything kind of revolves around us. But the moment we realize we're not the center and we're just one small piece of this great ecosystem, I think then that will be where we get a lot of change after we realize that because we, we think we've got this, you know, as a species, we tend to think we're kind of above everything and we're separate from this nature over here. But the reality is we're just one part of it and it doesn't need us, but we need it. I totally agree with you. I read on the Rangatan Project website that, you know, and as you mentioned before, in 2003, 
you came to Indonesia to volunteer as a veterinarian and several wildlife rescue and rehab centers. So you've obviously been working with animals for a number of years now. So considering that, what are some life lessons that animals have taught you from the many moments and experiences that you have shared with them? Yeah, uh, I think uh, one of the main lessons or the most important lessons that I've learned from animals is um, the honesty. I mean, you know, animals don't lie. Animals are just uh, who they are. And actually, we can't lie to them either. They know what we think. They know our intentions. Then they know when we are we are being good to them and when we are not. And I think uh, it's a pity what we've lost so much of the animal instincts because I think if we were more honest to each other, uh, that would make us better people. So maybe being authentic and honest are some values yeah. that you know the animals that you've worked with over the years have probably taught you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those those two qualities are probably ones that humans need at the moment. You know, in the age that we're living in with social media, it's very much filtered with social media and the internet. It's very easy to apply a filter and be disingenuous. So, yeah, I think those lessons that they have taught you are important lessons that everyone really should be learning, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely. I think um, we are losing um, our values and um and yeah, of course, the social media has contributed massively to, to that. I think people hide behind their uh, social network profiles because uh, people are afraid to be themselves. And, and you know, just living in a constant lie um, is, uh, is causing us also massive psychological problems. You just have to look around how many people suffer from... Uh, psychological diseases and and I think uh, we are doing this to ourselves no one else Thanks everyone for tuning in if you enjoyed today's episode then feel free to subscribe and we will see you in the next one